Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is with us today. And if you've been listening to us over the years, you know that Kathy and I have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. We're always looking for what top performers do in the moment to be a top performer and really zeroing in on this concept that we have around emotional brilliance, which is the title of our new book, and you can get on Amazon and other book distributors, Emotional Brilliance. So what we're really looking at in these interviews, you know, what kind of emotions do these top performers experience? What do they do to kind of gear themselves up for a top performance? How can we get a better understanding around our emotions? And what makes up an emotional brilliance uh, performance? So what are the ingredients that kind of go into that? What emotions are most challenging? And how do they manage their emotions? So really, in these interviews that we do, Our goal is to help you, the listener, expand, improve, and select the best emotional competencies and strengths to master the moment. Everything happens in the moment. So you demonstrate your leadership. You demonstrate your expertise in the moment. So we want to help you uh, backfill that with what do you know about yourself, what do you know about your others, so that what comes out of your mouth is the best decision, the best strategy, the best communication And so this idea of emotional brilliance uh, in the moment, it's like the target of a bullseye. Or it's like you have a big presentation and you go to your closet. What do you pull out for just that right uh, effect, that right presence that you have? And so now we have on our uh, new website with Kathy and I, www.eblifebook, that you can go get cutting-edge tools, We have some online learning that we're just uh, announcing. So www.eb, for Emotional Brilliance, Life Book. So let me uh, say a little bit about uh, our guest today, and then I'm going to introduce Kathy, and then we'll jump into it. So you know we always can pick people who have a unique approach uh, on things, and so we're going to be talking with Paul Menzel, And the title of this is Leading People to Perform. Well, Paul has had over a 45-year career leading others to top performance. So we really want to interview him to pick his brain about some of the learnings, about emotional intelligence, about what does he do, you know, as a president and CEO developing himself, and then also his team. What what does he do to develop a great culture? So let me give a little bit more... Uh, input about Paul. So Paul uh, was president and CEO of Umqua Bank Equipment Leasing and Finance. He just recently retired, so we're going to ask him a little bit about that because we know 10,000 boomers a day are retiring, so it'll be interesting to get some of his perspective about that. But he joined Financial Pacific Leasing in 2008 after a 33-year career managing small-ticket leasing portfolio operations in Santa Barbara. And Paul arranged for the sale of Financial Pacific Leasing to Umqua Bank in 2013. We'll ask him a little bit about that, which established a bank leasing uh, subsidiary 
operating all markets of the leasing industry. Umqua has $22 billion in assets, and Financial Pacific Leasing has over uh, $1.5 billion in assets, which, help, which he helped grow from $250 million. Paul has an MBA in business management and was named the Leasing Person of the Year by Leasing News. He's also helped develop a certification in the leasing world, uh, a certified leasing and financial professional. And we're going to ask Paul a little bit about him, as he says, he's a lifetime learner and means he's always uh, learning new things and, and advancing his career. So let me just say a word about Kathy, and then we'll uh, bring her on. So, you know, Kathy and I have been doing this for 13 years now. Uh, and if you don't know Kathy, I'll say a few words about her. Uh, she's a professional certified coach, TV, radio, and media personality, and a thought leader in positive psychology, in emotional intelligence, in executive coaching. And she coaches special operations, sports athletes, leading executives, and their entire companies on her proven work strategies, which is based on positive psychology and the science of courage. She's the author of nine books and some of these bestsellers you've, I'm sure, heard about, What Happy Companies Know, What Happy Mothers Know, Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, and now our new book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Stressless, Fearless Life. You can see her glowing face on a, she has a free iPhone app called Your Happiness Now that you can get at iTunes. And you can get more uh, information from Kathy and myself at www.eblifebook.com. I mentioned we have some new online learning that we're just launching. And then also drkathygreenberg.com. So, Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Relly. I appreciate the lovely introduction. Um, I know we want to get to Paul uh, as quickly as possible. He has such an exciting background. I'm really excited to hear from him today. But uh, before we jump into that, which I'm sure everybody is going to enjoy, uh, I just wanted to say a few things about you, about my co-host, dear friend, uh, wonderful colleague, Dr. Relly Nadler. And for those of you um, who don't know Relly, he is a thought leader in emotional intelligence, executive coaching, and positive psychology. Uh, he is a master-level certified executive coach, psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer. He works with organizations and most recently healthcare companies, and he has a great book out on the subject called Physician Burnout. You, uh, you probably all know Relly from the seven books that he's authored, including Leading with Emotional Intelligence, and of course, as uh, Relly's already stated, our new book, Emotional Brilliance. He has a wonderful free iApp called Leadership Keys. It has videos, and you can find it really easily at your app store. He also has a popular blog on psychology today. Uh, he has hundreds of thousands of followers there. And you can contact him at www.eblifebook.com or www.drrellynadler.com. You can get so many free tools and resources, assessments, and you can also just email them, rally at drrellynadler.com. So hopefully you're all uh, enjoying our Emotional Intelligence book. 
Um, again, you can get that book at www.eblifebook.com. We are very excited. We're launching our website this week. You can go to the website and you'll get a seven-day free trial period to use the system, see if it's right for you. And if so, welcome aboard. We'd love to have you as a teammate. So stay tuned. Uh, We'll be posting that link at the site uh, either late this week or next week. But come on down, take a look, be with us. And Relly, I'm going to... um, I'm going to send this back to you because I know we want to get to our friend Paul as soon as possible. Well, thanks, Kathy. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to check in with Paul. Say a a couple words about you know know, why we're so focused on emotions. You know, we basically with with smartphones, smart cars, uh, everything being smart, we've outsourced our thinking, and so we like to think that leaders are slow thinking and they really take time to reflect. And that's why kind of knowing what's going on for your emotions, knowing what's going on for your thoughts, so you can basically have the best decisions, the best uh, strategies. And so with that, Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, Riley and Kathy. I'm glad to be part of it. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Kathy, you know, I've known Paul for quite a long time, and so I'm excited to kind of pick his brain on, on some of this. So, Paul, we're going to go through some of the questions, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll take a break and come back. But so we'd like to know just a little bit of the history, you know, for you as a leader, and I, I know you've done a phenomenal job uh, Financial Pacific over the years. So what have you learned the most about leadership growing up? You know, I think a lot of times we're shaped in who we are and in, in, in the past. What were some of the key things that you learned about leadership that informed you? Well, probably the biggest thing is that leadership just doesn't happen by itself. Um, it requires developing and nurturing. And, you know, you hear the, the old saying that, uh, oh, that person is a natural born leader. Um, I, I'm not sure I can agree with that. Um, when I look back at, at how I became a leader. I never really thought of myself that way, but um, I think people sort of define eventually if you display the right um, um, uh, beliefs and you act in a certain way. I I think early on, I I was always active in sports, and so uh, I believe that sports is a great place to to learn about leadership and uh, working with others, collaboration, um, so that probably was the early uh, times that I started developing some leadership qualities. And, of course, you know, if, if you excel at a certain thing, then uh, players and coaches look to you as a leader. So you're kind of on the spot and you have to figure out what that means. And I, I remember as a early teen, um, I was put in that position and I really didn't understand what it meant. And I think I probably messed it up many, many times. Um, but from that, you learn. And I was also involved in school activities as kind of a joiner. Um, so, for instance, I was the senior class president because I think I was expected to run for that. Um, I learned a heck of a lot during that period of time, um, mainly that um, politics wasn't going to be for me. 
because no matter what you do, half the people don't like you. So um, I really didn't appreciate that. So that was the end of my political career. Um, so I also know that you can't anoint yourself as a leader. Uh, some people like to think of themselves as leader, but at the end of the day, it's the people who look up to you and want to follow you that that uh, designate you as a leader. So, Paul, I'm going to ask you to just hold that thought right there. We are going to go to a very quick break. I love what you're saying. I can't wait to hear more. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you're truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're just getting going, talking with Paul Mendel over his 45-year career, uh, most recently as president and CEO of Umqua Bank Leasing. So we want to kind of zero in on, on some of his learning. So, Kathy, you want to bring us to the next question? 
Yeah. Uh, so I just want to say that during the break, I was saying that Paul's voice is very confident, very calming, um, and commanding in a very charismatic way. And that brings me to the question, Raleigh. Looking back now at your career, 45 years of being a solid leader, you know, in this um, corporate environment, what are some of the things that you're really most proud of and, and about? Well, um, a lot of stuff has happened over 45 years. Um, and certainly to me, specifically in my uh, professional life. And I think when I reflect back, um, the thing I'm most proud of is having led and managed a company successfully for 33 years through four ownership changes and four recessions, all with the same uh, employee group. Um, I was, I've always been proud of that run. I've got somewhat of a reputation in the industry because of it, uh, particularly because they did it from uh, quaint little Santa Barbara. So everybody was jealous about that. Um, but um, I've always been motivated by keeping the team together and protecting employees. So I think back as to some of the decisions I made and, and some of the, the successful moves that I made during times of disruption. And, and in the financial services industry, that's just sort of a constant. There's always going to be some sort of disruption, whether uh, it's in the industry or the economy or with your own company. And so I had to manage through those that weren't necessarily of my making. Um, and I was always motivated because I cared about the employees first. Um, so that, that's probably my, my most prideful uh, accomplishment. Yeah. That's huge. And Paul, it's kind of huge. Knowing you through the years, um, I think Kathy mentioned, I think that kind of motivation, the inspiring, the the connection, you know, and I think a lot, a lot of our leaders, it is that personal touch, you know. Sometimes it's just um, checking in with people, knowing their name, you know, knowing things about them. I think that's always been something I've, I've seen you, and I know people have really uh, appreciated that. So, in some of our uh, contacts happened over the years around this aspect around emotional intelligence. And so, um, how do you see that tying into leadership, you know, from what you've been exposed to? Well, I think, um, you know, at this stage of my life, as I've learned about uh, the field um, of psychology that has been um, now become very popular, known popularly known as emotional intelligence, um, first of all, you learn what it is, and you understand the teachings and maybe are uh, fortunate to, to have some training. Um, and at this point in my life, having um, actually uh, used it in my career, I, I personally think it's the difference between success and failure. Uh, certainly in the long run, um, unfortunately, I think we've seen some examples of, of things that are the antithesis of emotional intelligence in the leadership role, um, and they seem to be working for some people for the time being, but I'm a believer that in the long run, it's going to fail. It, 
it just can't sustain itself. So I think it's critical to achieving um, goals. Paul, when you uh, talked about um, your career and what you were proud of, I I was just reflecting on your bio. Uh, You've sat on many committees, um, and it looks like you've had a lot of responsibility for uh, directing individuals, um, you know, and ethical standards to do that, in leading others to perform. You know, what have been uh, some of your best practices that, that you can share with our audience? You know, we're dealing with so much anxiety right now. We're dealing with people who are retooling themselves in a virtual environment, trying to find a way, you know, to come back through this COVID uh, environment that we've been in. Um, love to hear what you've been doing in your history in leading others to perform. Well, you have to be who you are. I mean, you can't fake it, um, I don't think. I mean, you can for a while, I guess, but you'll ultimately be uh, revealed um, your true self. And fortunately, you, you know, I was the product of a wonderful family upbringing, a uh, very um, strong um, German father who instilled some, some important um, uh, values and myself and my two brothers. Um, so for me, what's worked is uh, honesty. I mean, it's pretty, pretty straightforward, really. Honesty, integrity, loyalty. Uh, I'm almost loyal to a fault. And it, when I say loyalty, it's not people being loyal to me. It's me being loyal to, uh, for instance, employees, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, some of my motivations were for that. Um, of course, in today's world, you better be able to collaborate with others, and that requires listening. Um, there are times uh, when you have to kind of drive progress on your own when necessary. So collaboration is critically important, but there are times when you have to decide if you're the leader that, hey, this is where we're ultimately going to go after I've heard of it from everybody and, and then find a way to drive that direction. Um, and then what actually works for me, and maybe it's because my presence, um, I do have a deep voice and I'm six foot six, so that helps, uh, but manage by walking around. Um, it's amazing how important that can be because it makes you uh, accessible to all employees, um, and it connects you with all levels of employees. You can't just sit up in the corner office and expect people to, to follow you. They have to think that they know you at some some level personally. You know, uh, one of the things, Paul, in reflecting on what you're saying, that I've seen <clears throat> all the things you're saying, but also kind of having a vision of where we want to go, uh, you know, is very clear. And I think often it's a stretch for people. Oh, can we really do this? You know, can I really do this? And I think, you know, I've seen the clear vision you had and kind of what you wanted, you know, for Financial Pacific and what you want for individuals. And then that sense of empowerment that they can do that. And I think, you know, maybe one of the things is that you saw in many of them they could do that may 
have been either they've been cautious about or apprehensive about, but I think your ability to stretch them and empower them, you know, to get at, get after it. I've seen that numerous times. Um, Can I just well, that's ask sort of a the, question? That, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah. so, Paul, no, that's okay. I, it was just, it. you struck me when you said, you know, you need to know um, who, who your people are. They need to know you. Um, so, you know, today in a world where everybody is, is pretty virtual, do you think that Zoom or voice, every day or, you know, a couple times a week can do the same thing uh, in terms of creating that connection? Oh, boy. So I retired, like, the day that they shut down the country <laughs> or, or COVID uh, effectively shut down the country, and we were moving over 200 employees to work out of their home. Um, and equipping them for that. It, it was kind of crazy, mm-hmm. but ultimately it landed on the successor's desk. So I don't have quite the same experience um, real time with that, Kathy. Um, but uh, I, obviously having a face and the, the capability of Zoom is important. You know, even though you can't reach out and touch somebody, um, being able to see them, I think, is very important. Uh, body language, reading body language is important. So the fact that Zoom has become so commonplace that even our six-year-olds are using it, right, for school, they're being trained in that environment. And um, the visual is critical. I think you can um, still be effective um, remotely. So it remains to be proven, but my instincts tell me that it can work. Yeah. Right. And I think we've, we've seen that, whether it's Zoom, and I know uh, Financial Pacific has kind of gone to Teams. Many organizations are using Teams these days. So one of the, the aspects, Paul, is about hiring. And I think in, the, in this COVID world, you know, people may be looking for new jobs. They may be, um, you know, if they got laid off, looking for something different. But you've done a really good job selecting people. Are there a few tips in hiring top talent that is in your playbook? So I think you've heard me say this before, Relly, but I think the biggest risk in business, bar none, is hiring people. It's just hard. And because you're trying to understand and know somebody in such a short period of time. And, of course, in this uh, remote world that we just referred to, that's going to be even tougher because before, you know, you'd bring them in and go out to dinner with them and actually get to know them a little bit on a personal level in person. Uh, And it's probably not going to happen as much anymore. But what I have found that works for me is... um, with any candidate that you think you're going to hire, understanding what's most important to them in their and their family's lives, um, personally as well as professionally. I think you have to understand what motivates them and their family because at the end of the day, they're going to be depending on you for for the job and the income and uh, their happiness professionally 
And so if you don't take the time to really understand what motivates them, what's important to them, what's important to the, the significant other and, and their children's lives, um, and making sure that it's a good fit, that um, what they're hoping for you can provide, uh, that culturally um, they, they're going to be comfortable and you can help them achieve those those goals. And it's not always just income and and professional uh, ladder climbing and things like that. It, it typically is more than that. I mean, especially in today's world where a balanced life is, is critical. So you have to understand what's well, important to them personally. And Yeah, that, that is really uh, a very touching sentiment to have as, as somebody with your experience. And I think our audience is probably standing by listening, thinking, I can't wait to hear more. But we're going to take a, a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Paul Minto about looking back over his career. I hope for our listeners what stands out, what Paul just was saying about hiring, because I, I think it's a little rare, um, about the whole person and about really understanding their motivations. Yes, we know that, but also about their family and how does this fit in. And I, I, you can imagine that the individual being interviewed is going, oh, okay, there's, I'm not just someone that they're only concerned about uh, work and what I can produce, but who I am as a as an individual and my family. So, really good, Paul. Um, so we want to ask you, Paul, just about the how important is culture, and maybe any ways that you found to improve the culture uh, of an organization. Um, well, culture is very important. You hear that a lot. And um, I'll, I'll bet most people have difficulty describing what culture means in a in a corporate uh, environment. Um, it's something that evolves. Um, it's not something you just plug and play. Uh, it, it takes time to develop a cohesive and strong culture uh, at Financial Pacific Leasing. Um, quite honestly, I inherited 
quite a bit of their strong culture, so I can't take credit for it uh, entirely, but I, I, I was happy to cultivate it and, and continue it, um, and it was easy for me to buy into. And maybe one of the reasons why I, I joined the company 10 years ago in the first place. Uh, so kudos to, to my predecessors there. Um, it's the difference between excellence and mediocrity. I mean, there's a lot of companies that are successful um, that don't necessarily have a, 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 a wonderful culture. Um, everybody has a culture, um, how positive or negative or what the attributes are um, depends on the employee's definition. Um, but for me, if you want to be as good as you can be, culture is sort of the linchpin. If you don't have a strong culture that your employees are proud of and buy into, you're just not going to achieve as much. So it's the difference between excellence and what I would say mediocrity. In other words, uh, a level that might be successful, but not as good as you could be. Um, what we found was that uh, recognition programs, and lots of them, are very important. People want to be recognized for their contribution, and if they feel like they're appreciated and recognized, then they're gonna they're they're gonna sort of help define that positive culture. Um, we also. Uh, found success in adopting a, a collective and corporate uh, charitable cause that our employees participated. We had um, campaign at the beginning of the year, set goals to uh, raise X amount of dollars to support a local charity uh, that, that uh, in this case, it was about youth um, that the company participates in um, and sponsors on company time, but the but it was employee driven. They're the ones who came up with the ideas and how we raise money. And and actually, it was the employees who were making the contribution. At the end of the day, the company participated as well. But it, but it wasn't just the company writing a check. So it was fun. The employees really uh, made it fun. It was a break from just the grind of everyday work. Um, so I think that that's one, uh, strategy for building positive culture. And then we had the, the company events that are just for fun for employees and families. So twice a year, we'd have either a huge barbecue or to go out and have a special dinner event, which tied to recognition. Um, so I think those are some of the things that any company can do to help build a positive culture with employees. Paul, the empathy in your voice uh, is, uh, is so, I just want to say it's so true. It's so, it's so obvious. It's so evident. The EI competency of empathy is one Relly and I uh, talk about a lot. People say they have it. Uh, we're not so sure they actually understand what that means. But the EI competency uh, of empathy has, has been important to you. And can you just talk a little bit about why that is and, and what have you found helpful in helping develop empathy uh, in yourself and others? Well, um, it's interesting. I, I, I look back and I'm going to tell you a funny little story. 
Uh, I mentioned to you that I was uh, involved in a lot of youth uh, sports. And um, I'd say, what, maybe 20 years ago, I was introduced to uh, EI, and um, the organization had recognized me as a, you know, a future leader, and so they sponsored a 360-degree feedback process, which, if uh, any of the listeners have been through or are aware of, it's where your superiors, um, you pick them, you pick some... A, couple of superiors and some subordinates and some peers, and they complete a survey about you that reveals how you are perceived uh, in a lot of different emotional intelligence categories. Um, what was really funny was, and then of course you, you get a, this, this circular graph, 360 degree circle, and it's divided up in colors as to, you know, where your, your tendencies are. Well, mine happened to be um, probably three quarters red, which stood for competitiveness. <laughs> and then the rest of it was, was the blue and the green, which were more uh, about empathy. Um, and it was a wake-up call for me. I mean, I knew I was competitive, but, um, you know, as I learned about the effectiveness of that trait in a leader... I came to understand that it's not the best way to lead, that uh, leading out in front and, and being the cheerleader and, being, uh, and, and making all the decisions um, and, making, and having people just follow you doesn't uh, achieve nearly as much. And so as I indicated to Relly that I'm a lifetime learner, um, you know, I took it to heart. And I knew I was always, always had empathy because I grew up in a boys and girls club and I was a, um, very involved in supporting boys and girls clubs and helping the underprivileged. And so I knew I had it in myself. So it, that training helped me uh, become self-aware, more self-aware, which is very critical. And then you have to practice what you learned. And so I did. And it actually changed me and the emphasis, you know, it's still me, but it revealed and allowed me to um, lead with more green than red and it helped me develop as a leader and I think become more effective as well. You know, uh, and Paul, I got a chance to witness that. Um, and I think as a leader, uh, what you did, and I think for others of our listeners, just talking about it like you are now um, versus, you know, what's our deliverables and what's the next thing we got to do. I, you know, I think you were very open and transparent about here's something that I need to focus on, you know, and, and some people can see it as a, as a softer skill, but I think we're seeing more and more now these days it's a necessary skill, and it is a skill around empathy, and I think just your openness about it and that you're working on it, I think what happens when a leader like you does that, other people say, oh, gee, this is different. I wonder if I should be focusing on that. And so as a role model, I think that really lands really well with folks, you know, as, a, as being inspiring. So I've seen that happen. Well, you know, uh, really, as you said, Paul became the leader who's, thank goodness, brilliant light became the beacon 
mm. as opposed to the shadow, right? And that's the beauty of that story. And it's very, it's very moving story, Paul. Thank you for sharing that. So uh, I want to say a word before we go to our next break, just about your executive team. And I think Kathy and I work with executive teams a lot. And I think um, it's really one of, it's probably the most important process. I mean, every organization has a ton of processes, but do they really zero in on the executive process, how they make decisions, how they're going to move forward? So what seemed to help with your executive team moving it forward? Well, Aurelia, you know this. Um, this story because uh, you were a critical part of it, actually. Um, but I had uh, arrived at uh, to become the CEO of a company, financial services, in the summer of 2008. Uh, so I accepted that role. It required moving from beautiful Santa Barbara to wet Seattle, which um, is also beautiful. Uh, but I arrived, uh, so I accepted the job after uh, or before the Great Recession, um, and but I arrived after th- that dislocation in the markets, which we all are, uh, we all remember all too well. Um, so it was very disruptive environment for me to walk into, and um, here I am, the new CEO, and I have a team of of um, wonderful people who had been there for quite a long time and um, is under difficult circumstances. So uh, I think what allowed us to be so successful is probably the, the emphasis I put on getting to know each other. And because of my experience with EI training and with you, Ralph, as you know, I we had you help us come in and uh, have the executive team get to know each other through a uh, evaluation process as to uh, what our personality types are, what motivates us, kind of the same 360 feedback process. I mean, there, there's a lot of different ways to go about it, but just getting to know each other and the makeup of the team, the, the, the differences and the uh, and the breadth of experience and um, approaches that the team as a whole uh, constituted, and and then of course it gave my team a chance to get to know me in a more personal way, and not necessarily just me telling them who I was, but having a professional coach who understands emotional intelligence and leadership and success um, really was defined through, uh, through those programs. So um, I think it gave it more credibility as to who I am, what I'm about, how I go about things. And then I learned, um, I got to learn what my team was about and what their tendencies were. And that gave us a, huge leg up in attacking the, the, the situation. Such a, a I, I say, um, an emotionally brilliant episode in uh, your tenure, Paul, and certainly, you know, Relly has that, uh, it, he has the expertise to be able to make that happen, whether you're in person or virtually. So um, it's great to hear that 
that not only that testimonial, but that experience that really changed the future uh, and the trajectory of your career and your teams. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you're truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll free at 1 866 472 5790. That number again is 1 866 472 5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Paul Menzel. His email, if you're interested, you have a question, would be Pablo, for Paul, pablosba at msn.com. pablosba at msn.com. If you have a question, he'd be willing to uh, respond to that. And I just want to make a comment, Paul, about the executive team, you know, and this is for our listeners and the, the value of leadership. I think one of the sessions that we did was talking about, you know, expectations and you talking about some of your feedback you know, that you got, and we already kind of mentioned about empathy. And so the power and the influence of a leader has, because I think most leaders sometimes underestimate that. And I remember after the session, I went uh, to the uh, restroom, and one of your participants 
um, as we were debriefing kind of that session, it was a break, said, wow, I can't believe Paul said all that stuff. It was really about, you know, being vulnerable and, and who you are as a person. And he was so moved. And I remember thinking, well, you know, you'll have an opportunity to do that with your team. But I think it was the vulner- sharing the vulnerability and, you know, as the learner that you are, that that was really motivating and inspiring for that person and surprising. And so to me, I've shared that story, you know, about uh, how powerful that can be when a leader is sharing what they're working on and, and very personable about their uh, stretch goals. So one of the things we wanted to emphasize, you know, Kathy and I talked about this idea of emotionally brilliant. In the moment, you have to bring all your resources about what you know about yourself, what you know about others, so that what comes out of your mouth is the best decision, best strategy, best communication. And we wanted to ask you, Paul, is there an example in the moment that you really had to pull it all together and then what was the result of that? Is what we're calling this kind of emotionally brilliant moment, the beacon that Kathy mentioned. Well, I think um, it was, in my case, um, deciding to recommend the sale of our company um, after a relatively short ownership period with a private equity firm. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we, we survived the disruption of the, of the Great Recession, but we went through several ownership uh, changes uh, with private equity firms, and the one who uh, finally became our owner had acquired us for mid um, uh, mid-seven-figure um, number, and um, so it was my job to grow it. Um, and one thing that is one constant in life, uh, both personal and business, is change. We've all heard that. So a leader can either affect change in a positive way that they have some control over or be a victim of change that happens to them, just lets it happen to them. And that's why I think good leaders are considered visionary. They are constantly looking around the corner in anticipation of needed change. And so we we had only been owned for a couple years by this private equity firm, but we had achieved a lot of success quickly in those two years. And um, I had a strategy to grow the company that I presented to the private equity ownership and they didn't support it. And it was um, disappointing, but it made me realize that maybe it was time for us to find a different owner that could support uh, the strategy of growth. I felt that strongly about it. I, I, you know, I understood why, because they had their limitations. Um, so I put together a two-page letter to the managing director and went back east and, you know, had dinner with him and presented it. And I think it caught him off guard. Um, and he was a little suspect at first, but I think uh, the reasoning that I'd laid out made a lot of sense. Um, and they decided to go ahead with it. And so after only two and a half years and uh, where they acquired the company for um, mid eight figures, I think I said, um, we sold it for um, four times that. And so it, 
it was an extremely successful event for all parties, the employees who I was motivated to protect, uh, the seller, and ultimately the buyer, which was Unqua Bank. Um, and with their uh, sponsorship, I was able to implement that strategy and grow the company six times uh, in six years, from $250 million to $1.5 billion, very successfully. Wow, I was waiting for Kathy to chime in there, but that's uh, yeah, that, that's an incredible story. So, um, yeah, sorry, I had myself on mute because <laughs> oh, I was okay. listening so intently. And um, yeah, that's uh, that is not only an amazing business story, but again, a very compelling way to be emotionally brilliant in the moment. And I imagine Paul, there was the prep work ahead of time. Let's say you're at dinner, like any any kind of tips on how you presented it? I mean, you're sitting there, and it, it surprised them, but anything from the influence side that you that you uh, had to do that really made well, I think a difference? I think the most important thing is, you know, when you're managing up, um, you have to be the initiator. You, you can't. You can't just wait for them to engage with you and tell you what they want you to do. Very true. Uh, as a, Very true. And so I, so, but, but that first step is always the hardest. And I had to make that decision pretty much on my own without revealing anything to my team even. Um, so I had to decide that it was important, that it was good for them, good for the organization, the employees, and, um, and just take that step um, and have faith. So, um, yeah, I think that's critical, initiating your uh, activities up the organization. Well, it looks like we've come to the end of uh, our time together, Paul, but you have been such a a genuine and enthusiastic uh, interview. Wow. Uh, Relly, thank you so much for introducing Paul to us and sharing your stories. Uh, Relly, anything you'd like to say before we close out and yeah. say goodbye to Paul? I think, yeah, Paul, thanks so much for for doing this. I know, you know, I know just from knowing you, you're a wealth of information, and and to be able to share it, you know, with our audience, this is <laughs> for the good and the bad of it will be on the internet, you know, forever. Uh, your words, and hopefully <laughs> that it'll it'll continue to influence others who are in a leadership position. So thanks so much for, for uh, spending the time with us. Well, thank you, uh, Relly and Kathy, for having me. I enjoyed it. Well, we're delighted and uh, very grateful. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Tune Up Your Performance right here on Leadership Development News. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.